I wonder if we're doing church right. And I'll tell you, the reason I sat out there and asked that question was because I'm part of the we when I say, I wonder if we are doing church right. Now, I want to qualify this real quickly by saying, I don't mean I wonder if the staff and the leadership are doing church right. I wonder if you and I, are we doing church right? Now, before we dive into this, if you would stick with me for just a minute, I want to set up three quick things before we get into the sort of meat and potatoes of this message. Um, First of all, who am I? I am Lisa Miller-Rich. I'm an ordained pastor. I'm an author. I've been a partner here at Wellhouse for about two and a half years, and I've recently been appointed to one of our three leadership teams. Now, if you're not familiar with those teams, just real quickly, we have the staff, and they oversee all of our spiritual operations for our church. We have our shepherds, who oversee the spiritual health and the needs of the people of our church. And we have the lead team, which is what I've been recently appointed to, that is going to oversee the spiritual direction and administration of the church. So that's who I am. Uh, Secondly, has anyone here not heard our lead pastor, Jason Shepard, preach? If you haven't, raise your hand. You got one? All right. Mostly it's a family day, but welcome. We are so glad you're here with us today. Um, And I just want to tell you, you know, Jason is such a gifted and solid Bible teacher. He, you know, for me, when I think of him, it's just a joy to link arms with him and the rest of the leadership team to serve our church. And the reason that I'm standing up here today, uh, late Friday night, Jason texted our leadership teams and said that his dad was having some health issues. They were down in Alabama and uh, just wasn't sure how that was all going to turn out. And so I just texted him real quick. Yesterday, we were driving back from North Carolina and just said, hey, can I step in and help so you can just focus on family? So when, when he said yes, I had about four and a half hours in the car to just hang out and talk to the Lord. And my first question to him was, what do you want for your church to hear today? And so that's uh, how I came to being here. And then the third thing is that God gave a solid download, and that's what we're going to unpack together. So today's going to be a little different. I've never done anything like this before, um, but we're going to try it. If it fails, I'm just going to tell you, blame it on God. Um, (laughs) I'm just the messenger. So today's going to be a little interactive slash self-reflective as we go through this message. And so I'm going to do something that normally we say never to do, but I'm going to ask you to get your phones out. I want you to have your phones in your hand because I'm going to be asking you five questions as we go through this uh, message. And in that, I'm going to want you to sort of digitally journal, just sort of kind of capture your answers to those questions. We're not going to share them. And if you're a pen and paper kind of person, stick with that. You don't have to get your phone out. Now then, this is the danger. If you get your phone out and if you start scrolling through social media, if you start texting, God knows, okay? So the lightning hits you, I'm good, okay? So, but I want you to have those out. Open it to an app where you can take some notes. Like on my iPhone, it's my notes app. I don't know what it is on the Google and the Samsung. But anyway, take it to a place where you can make some notes. Now, before I get into those five questions, I want to get us in front of the Lord, Whenever I lead prayer, my first thing is not to start talking right away. 
Because it's important that we remember, that we understand we're in the presence of the God of the universe when we pray. And so I'm going to pray, and when it's silent for a moment, get rid of everything except focusing on him. All right, let's pray. Father, that's the thing that I love about the power of the name of Jesus. At the name of Jesus, we all get quiet and reverent. And we're in different places with understanding who this Jesus is. But through the ages, it rings true that the name of Jesus, the power of Holy Spirit in our lives, the creator of the universe, is accessible to us through prayer. Forgive us when we take that for granted. And be with us now. Shred everything that we think that we're holding on to so that we can have space for something new. God, you are amazing. And we corporately declare that we love you and we're grateful for you. I pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Before I get into those five questions, I want to let you know why I started by asking, I wonder if we are doing church right, if we're doing it correctly. How many of you know that in our country, in our state, in our city, that Christianity is on the decline and people going to church is on the decline? Would anybody disagree with that? We kind of see that trend happening. Well, I was thinking about that, and so I looked up, some research yesterday, and I looked up some things at the Pew, um, what are they called? Pew Research Center had done some, some surveys, and they surveyed about 160 plus thousand people. So here's some interesting statistics between 2009 and 2019. Right now, about 65% of Americans would say that they are Christians. And that's a great number because we're in the majority of believers. But here's the discouraging thing. That's down 12 percentage points from 2009. In 2009, we could have celebrated a number of 77%. But we're on the, it's on the decline. And I'll tell you that another statistic that bothers me a, a more than that is that in 2009... People who said that they went to church, they, they were called regular attenders because they were in church at least once or twice a month. Now, I got to tell you, for me, I'm just saying, I don't think that's regular. I think regular means we're here every Sunday. But for, for the research, it was at least once or twice a month was a regular attender, and they compared that to people who came a few times a year, you know, maybe the holidays, for instance. So in 2009, the people who came regularly were at 52%, and the people who came a few times were at 47%. And now, in 2019, that's absolutely reversed. People who come regularly are now down to 45%, and people who come a few times are at 54%. So here's the thing. You and I are here today. We're obviously some of that percentage that's showing up. So why... Can we say that we're doing church wrong? We're here. I'm not saying it's wrong. I'm questioning if we're doing it right. The reason we have to ask this question, in my opinion, because I love the church that God set up, and I love Wellhouse. And so when I look at this and I say, are we doing it right? It's because 
if we're doing church right, and I don't mean just us, I mean American church, how could people stay away? It's the God of the universe. We're connecting people to Jesus Christ. We're connecting people to the power of Holy Spirit. We're connecting people to that, that, that when crap happens, excuse me if I'm not supposed to say that, four-letter word, lightning's coming my way now. But if, you know, whenever we are hit with something, we know we can stand. Whenever we get hit and we can stand and then we get hit again, but we can still stand if I don't knock everything down up here. That's what being a Christ follower gives us access to. It gives us access to joy when our heart is heavy, what we just sang. It gives us the ability to be overcome by his presence. But if we just sing it and we're not overcome by his presence, then I wonder if we're doing church right. And so to do this, you see, people are busy, right? I mean, all of us are busy. Why do we come? Is it tradition? Is it because you should? Is it to make God happy? Is it to make sure? You know, why are we, why do we go to church? And how do we do our part to make sure that church is done right. Because if we put all the burden on Chris and Jason, our lead pastor, our worship pastor, our worship team, if we put all the burden on them for whether church was good today, that is unfair. And that's not a burden that anyone can carry. So when we want to see church explode, when we want to see revival, when we want to see those stats skyrocket the other way, you and I have a huge responsibility in that. So, we're going to get into these questions. Now, the reason I have you get your phone out is I have five questions that are kind of holy habits. What I don't want this to be at all is I don't want it to ever go into the point of being like, oh, I have to do these things so that I'm a good Christian because that gets us into legalism. These five questions, and they're just five of could be a dozen. But these five holy habits I want us to look at is how do you and I prepare ourselves on Sunday mornings to go to church? What are five holy habits that we could do that would get us ready to walk through those doors and be, I mean, like amazing things happen in this house? If we want to see breakthroughs, if we want to see healing, if we want to see life change, we have to do our part to make church done right. I just want to ask you this. How often do you come to church and you walk in and you walk out and you're no different? It doesn't change the way you live your life. It doesn't, it doesn't mark you as set apart from the people that you interface with. It doesn't change your anger. It doesn't change your sin in your life. That is not Jason's fault and that is not Chris's fault. It's, are we positioning ourselves to be in a place where the Holy Spirit can do the work? Because if we are all caught up in us, we're not making room for him. So these five questions, what I would like for you to do, we're going to put a slide up. And when you see the question, I want you to put that question into your phone. You can go ahead and put that up. Thank you. So put that question into your phone. This is question number one. Who did I pray for this morning? 
okay? If you're making that note, who did I pray for this morning? And I'm going to give you a few seconds. We're going to enjoy some holy silence, which always makes us squirmy and uncomfortable. But we're going to do some holy silence, and I want you just to answer that right after you've written your question. Who did you pray for this morning? Put that into your notes. Let's look at um, a scripture to accompany this. The Lord is at hand. This is in Philippians. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. What a marvelous exchange. We bring God our stuff, and he gives us peace. Now, my holy hunch is that a lot of us might have the word nothing in that space of who did I pray for this morning. That's not said with any kind of shame or condemnation. We want to talk about holy habits to bring awareness to how we can create a church experience that people don't want to stay away from. Because when we're doing our part to make church right, then we have this amazing opportunity to see our church be a place of revival and movement forward where people want to come. We want to be here and we should hunger for more. We should never come here and want to be comfortable. Jesus was never comfortable. He was always striving, moving toward the Father. So who did you pray for this morning? I also know that some of you are still filling that in because you have that holy habit down. As Christians, when we awake in the morning, Stuff is going to be there to greet us. Work, kids, family, stress, whatever it may be. And there's also all the beautiful things that we enjoy in our lives. If we roll out of bed, put our feet on the floor, and tackle it in our own strength, you and I both know how that goes sometimes. We get into, I'm looking at some of our students over here. There's so many pressures on our students right now. And if, as our students, if they get out of bed and do nothing, except just try to get through the day in their own strength. It's going to equal weakness. It's, oh my gosh, all this stuff that keeps coming at us. If we are prayed up, then we know that we're not doing it in our own strength. If we put our things in the, in the hands of the Father before we roll out of that bed. Now, more specific, guys, all I really want to invite you to is Sunday morning. I really want us to focus on how are we observing the Sabbath from the time we wake up till the time we walk in those doors. What did you pray for this morning? Did you pray for this church? Because if you didn't, if we don't think that prayer changes things, then why do we pray? Right? Prayer changes things. So if we rolled in here today and we had not brought our church in front of our Lord but then we just expect it to be good. That is an unfair expectation to put on the staff. That's not their job. Your job, my job, is to pray my guts out for this church before I get here. I want to pray for the worship team. I want to pray for technology to work. I want to pray for the children's workers. I want to pray for the message. I want to pray for the people I'm going to interface with. Who needs me to talk with them today? Praying our guts out. Because when we do that, then we say, yeah, 
I'm doing church right. So that's a holy habit that I want to invite us to just on Sunday morning especially. So that, and the reason I want you to put this in your phone is I want you to be able to reference back to this, to remember that, oh, yeah, I want to come in here prayed up. We want to sense that spirit. You know, not that I have personal experience with this, but any of y'all ever walked into a bar? Oh, that squirmed. That's hilarious. I wish you could see what I just saw. <laughs> Calling out my sin. Um, I know some of you did it last night. That's all right. We're glad you're here. So the reason I say that is when you open those doors, don't you just know that you're getting sucked into sin? I mean, it is good. <laughs> because the enemy controls that territory. And you, there's a vibe. Guys, we have to create that here. We have to create that here. That when people open those doors, they don't even know, what did I just walk into? It's electric. And it's good. We do that when we pray for our church. Question number two. What did my eyes choose to see before church this morning? Now let me qualify this, just make it a little more specific. What were you scrolling on this morning? What were you watching on television? What were you reading? What did my eyes choose to see before church this morning? Go ahead and answer that. Let's look at the scripture from Psalm 101, verse 3. I will not set before my eyes anything that is worthless. I hate the work of those who fall away, meaning those who are not following Christ. It will not cling to me. It shall not cling to me. If we allow our eyes on a day that is holy, remember one of the Ten Commandments is keep the Sabbath. If you don't know that, it's in Exodus 20. You can look it up and check me. But... Keep the Sabbath holy. My holy hunch is a lot of us are on Facebook in the morning, Instagram, Snapchat. We've already been doing all these other things that aren't holy. They're not holy. They're distractions from getting ready to worship. Because, you know, this is called a worship service, right? Not a entertain me service. Not a I showed up you all do the work service. This is a time where we come to worship. So if we walk through the doors and our eyes have been on the news, well, that's uplifting, right? We've fed our minds with things um, on, on social media, which always leads to comparison. It leads to feelings of maybe I'm better than them. None of that's holy, I have a holy habit, and can I tell you that stinking enemy? Hmm, this morning. So I have a holy habit of not being on any social media before church. I don't, I, no distractions to my eyes, nothing on television, nothing. I just am focusing on getting ready to worship. This morning, I had my alarm set for 7. My daughter had to leave out to go lead worship at 6.30. I looked at my phone, and I'm tapping it, and it's solid black. Somehow... Plugged in, it turned completely off in the middle of the night. So my alarm was not going to go off. That would have been awesome. But when I turned it on, I saw that bubble 
Do you remember some of you that Jason um, taught a message a while ago about who can stand having bubbles on their phone and who can't? I'm a no bubbler. Like, I got to clear those things the minute they show up. So I got sucked in by stupidity. I was all freaked out. I click on, and all of a sudden, I'm on Facebook, and I'm like, wait a minute. I don't do this. Click out. It's so seductive, and it is so easy for our eyes to be distracted away from keeping them focused up. So I'm inviting you again. There's no shame in it. Is it wrong? Is it sin? I'm not calling it that. But what I'm saying is, could we as a church, for the hours before we walk into worship, get our eyes focused on what is holy? Okay? The faces of our family, that's holy. The faces of uh, reading the word, if that is what brings you into the presence of God. But it's got to be things that feed into being in the presence of God. So for a while, if, if, if we can set those things aside, and if we come in here ready to worship, then I don't wonder if we are doing church right because we've come ready to worship. Let's look at question number three. What did my ears hear before church this morning? All right, let's look at this scripture from Proverbs 4. My son, pay attention to what I say. This is God speaking to his children. Turn your ear to my words. Do not let them out of your sight. Keep them within your heart for their life to those who find them and health to one's whole body. Above all else, guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. And going down to verse 26, give careful thought to the paths for your feet and be steadfast in all your ways. Give careful thought to what is happening and feeding your ears. Now, I would imagine some of you were uh, listening to the news again. It's going to be there after church. It will still be there. So disconnecting from that is a habit. It's a holy habit to get into so that all we are feeding our minds and our spirits is getting ready to come in the presence of God. We've got to get ready to come in the presence of God. We might have been listening to lyrics of songs that are not God-honoring. Sunday morning is not the time for that. That's a distraction from getting ready to come and worship. It'll still be there after church. Um, Now, I would imagine... Some of you wrote down screaming children. Any, any, any screaming children in the house? Okay. Some of us had, uh, that is what my ears heard this morning. Now, I just want to address that. I'm past that. Uh, praise God and glory up. <laughs> my kids are almost 18 and 23. If they start screaming, we have a fire. But I, I remember those years. And what I want you to remember 
is that there are some in this room that would give anything to trade you places. The sound of that is a blessing. You've been blessed with them, and you know that. You know that in your heart. But if we could make Sunday morning this test ground, that no matter, see, it, our, it's not our kids' responsibility for our family to come into church ready to worship. It's not because our kids acted up that now I'm stressed. I take responsibility. I lead in my family. My husband and I lead in our family, right? So you've got to let that stress become a bless. And it's up in your mind, and it's keeping yourself focused on doing that. Some of you, I have a holy hunch, have come into church at times, and you've been having a hard conversation, hashtag fight, on the way to church. Anybody ever done that besides me and Art? Hi, thanks for that, Art. Um, anybody know a good therapist? <laughs> um, okay. So we're the only ones that have done that. But just in case there were some who didn't raise their hand, <laughs> Sunday morning is not the time for that. I just want to put a really solid, solid border around this time. It's the Sabbath. We need to keep it holy. We need to prepare ourselves to worship. And what you need to do is be such good Christ followers that you can set aside your need to be right and your need to be right so that you can come into the house where the one who can heal is whose presence you will be in. That's the magic to marriages going the distance. It's understanding that what my ears hear cannot be negative, negative, angry, angry, and then we come in here and praise the Lord. People don't like hypocrites. But, but we need to come, we need to say time out from the mess so that we can come into the presence of God. And maybe, just maybe, when we do that, he'll quiet our minds so that we can come together and talk about this in peace. Here's another thing. Ooh, you're not going to like this. I don't like this. I don't like preaching sometimes because then I get my rear end really, really messed up while I am preaching this. I'm so not good at being on time. Art, be quiet. Um, I, I'm just not. I'm not an on-time person. But here, we need to be on time. Let me ask you this. If Jesus Christ was standing where I'm standing right now, I'm going to give him the room. If you knew that Jesus had shown up for the second time, would you be on time? I mean, yes, you would. Here's a, guess what? He is here. So that's the thing that we're not, I think, grasping because with the respect and the awe of worshiping in his presence, we should be here for the beginning of all of this. And it's not so that we can make the staff happy. It has nothing to do with that. It's our mindset. I've come to worship you. I can't wait. I'm going to be on time. This is the place I'm most on time for. And I'm not always, but I mean the most. So I, I give myself some credit. You can hold me accountable. Be looking to see if I'm in this room right on the dot, because he is here. He's here. We're not waiting for him to come back. By his spirit, we get to worship him. So last thing about what our ears hear. Husbands and fathers, this is for you. This, the Lord was so clear about this when I was praying yesterday. Husbands and fathers, you are to set the tone for what happens before Sunday morning. 
You are to set the tone. It's not on your wife to make sure that everything's all good and then you show up. And I know this is a squirmy thing, but this is biblical. You're to lead. The one thing that I would encourage you to do with your family, whether it's just you, your wife, whether it is, and for the singles that are in here, again, praying for the church on the drive here is such a beautiful holy habit. Get the children involved. Let them run into worship. Teach them, train them, because if you don't, if you're arguing on the way here, if it is stressful every Sunday, if it sucks to get here, what are we teaching those babies? Church sucks. And that's not true. That is not true. So fathers, husbands, men, rise up and lead in this congregation. We're going to see a revival if we will go in that direction. It blesses me tremendously. When, on the way here today, my husband just said, it's time to pray. And I said, let me get my lipstick done first, okay? <laughs> I did. All right, question number four. Before coming to church today, what were my thoughts about church this morning? Before coming, what were my thoughts about church this morning? Holy hunch number four, maybe we were thinking anything more than just getting here. Some of us probably were thinking other, other thoughts. Some of us might have some really powerful thoughts that in, in converting those to prayer of what we wanted. And we were coming expectant to see what the Lord was going to do today. See, I have this thing that you cannot be in the presence of Holy Spirit and leave the same. Leave unmoved. So if we are, if we are just coming and going and it feels kind of robotic and we're not really getting anything out of it, it's not the churches, the staffs, it's not on them. They've poured their heart into this. But if we're sitting there waiting for something to happen, but we did nothing to get ready to worship, I think you're seeing that same thread. This is why holy habits are so important on the Sabbath, not to get legalistic, but for you and me to come here and it means something, that we walk away with something solid to direct our path. Let's look at this scripture. I love this. Finally, brothers, this is from Philippians 4, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, anything worthy of praise, think about these things. Now, I would highly encourage each of us to pray that over Wellhouse before we come on Sunday morning. Like this, what is true? If you can put that scripture back up again for me, please. What is true about Wellhouse? What is true? It could be anything, and you just pray this up. God, I thank you that it is true that I love this church. What is honorable about Wellhouse? I honor them for being strong and brave and stepping out into the unknown. What is just? I love that we're a 
invited to be a place of imperfect people. That is just. Everyone is accepted. I am accepted. My sin is not. That is just. But I am accepted. And we can pray that through every Sunday. You could lead your families in praying this. But if we roll into this house and we haven't, then we're coming to be entertained. We're coming as consumers. We need to come as worshipers. It's a shift. It is a shift. And if you don't want to do that kind of work, then you are just wanting some exterior force to give you what your heart longs for. What do we just sing? Your glory, God, is what our hearts long for. That doesn't just happen. Sometimes, yes, God will visit us. I'm not, I, I'm not putting God in a box. I know way better than to do that. But I just know he gives us these holy habits so we can experience more and more and more of him. You may have had some negative thoughts about this church this morning. That happens because it's church made up of imperfect people. <laughs> so sometimes people will roll in here and they're like, well, the church isn't growing. Or the, you know, the church isn't, whoa, there's not a lot of people here. They, whoa, the, the lights, whoa, the, when are we going to get into ever doing this? And all the things. Sunday morning is not the time for that. Jesus talks so much about unity. He talks about us being unified, being one. Read John 17, his prayer for the future believers. He talks over and over and over about them being one. When you walk through those doors, you need to take every thought, you and I need to take every thought captive and make it obedient to Christ, 2 Corinthians 10.5, my favorite Bible verse. So that when we walk in here, we don't have to wonder, is somebody thinking negative about me? Is somebody thinking why are they looking at me like that? When all we want is the glory of God to manifest in this house, people will want to come here because it's safe. We can work on our issues outside of, this, outside of this time. This time is not about us. If we come to worship, are we worshiping us or are we worshiping him? This time is about being unified as one and speaking only life. No grumbling Israelites in this house. Not on Sunday morning. We'll pick that up at a board meeting or something. I'm sure grumble, grumble. All right, last slide, number five. Did I come to church full or empty? And when I say full, let me qualify this. I mean so full of good feeling and so full of uh, a sense of God and, and running into this place? Are you full with that so that you need a place to empty it out in worship? Or did you come depleted from the week and you're coming here just to try and get a little something? So did you come to church full or empty? Psalm 104, uh, verse 4 says, Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him. Bless his name. We got to come in this house. You're, you're filling this thread. Coming in full because we have employed some holy habits. These are just some suggestions. You know others. But if we would do this, what I would hope, what I would pray, what I'm praying so much is that we can go back and look at this this list and how we answered it, and we would see that it grows. 
See, this is a discipleship message. Discipleship is about how to become more like Christ, to become more in the image of the one who gave us life. And so what we want to see is a progression. And if you don't get all five, if we, you and I, don't get all five every week, that's all right. But so long as we're growing, we've got some tangible, practical things that we can put in play that I promise you will change our church. It will change our church because now we're saying, Holy Spirit, all we want is you. God, what we want is you. Jesus, what we want is you. And then I come here and I empty out in worship. While the music plays, while I sing the lyrics, I'm so full that I have a place to put it. And then I'm ready to hear the word and go out and put it into play. That is the marvelous exchange that should be going on Sunday after Sunday if you and I do church right. Now, I pray, and let me just be so clear, I have prayed. I don't want anybody to feel shamed or condemned on how you answered anything. You can't because if we're not, if we're not trained, we don't know which direction to go, okay? And some of this may be just new ideas, new information. That's okay. But I have a question for you. Is there room to grow? On just these five questions, do you have room to grow? Could your answers be um, fuller expressions of a follower of Christ? And what I'm going to invite us to do, I'm going to invite us to take a stand as a church And I'm going to invite those who would commit that you're going to come and do church right. That you want to be part of the revolution. You want to be part of the revival. You want to see church grow. And that we are truly partners in the gospel with our staff and our leadership so that we take the hill. If you want to commit to do that, I'm going to invite you to come forward so that we can pray together. So if you would, if everybody would stand at this time, and those that would be willing, if you're willing, if you are willing in, in, a, in this crazy world, if you're willing to stand up and stand out, if you're willing to start praying specifically on Sunday mornings for our church, if you are, come forward, come up here, and let's start being intentional. If you are willing to be one who is going to be praying for this church, if you are somebody who needs to take control of their eyes on Sunday mornings, that's all I'm asking, Sunday mornings, if you want to be sure that your eyes only see those things that are holy, come forward. If you want to make sure that your ears are being, oh, tuned in to what God is doing, to what God wants to speak in our church and for our church and through your family. Come, come forward. If you want to make sure that your thoughts are holy, if you want to be committed that your thoughts come on forward because we got more people coming. I love you guys. Thank you so much for being committed to this church. If you want to say that my thoughts about this church are going to be honorable and right and we're going to, we're going to honor what is honorable. We're going to take a stand, and we're going to make a mark, and we're going to say, enemy, you have no ground here. We are united as one. And if you want to commit that I want to come to church full, I don't want to come limping in here every Sunday and leaving limping. I want to come in here so full because of everything that we have done 
as a family, as a single, as a team, to get ready for church, that I can't wait to run through those doors, be in my seat, and get ready. This is what we're about. Let's pray, family. And we are family. Would you just lay a hand on somebody near you? God, um, this is beauty. This is community. This is family. Father, we know that there is nothing that we can do in our own strength to take ground for the kingdom. But you are revealing to us places where we have been distracted from the mission. We give you honor. We give you praise. I thank you, God, for these men and women, the students that are saying, I will take a stand. I will count. I will be a part of this. And I don't even know what I'm saying. That's the coolest thing to me. When we come forward, we didn't come in today expecting to be wiped out like this. But it's the best thing ever because then you invade the space that we give you. Father God, um, we are grateful believers in Jesus Christ. Jesus, your work on the cross, there is no sacrifice. Oh my goodness, if all we have to give up is scrolling through Facebook on Sunday morning and you nailed to a cross? Lord God, forgive us for being complacent. Forgive us for being... Um, willing to settle. We no longer want that. We want to partner with Jason. We want to help achieve what he has given his life to. We want to partner with Chris, with, with Vicki, with Lori. We honor them, God. And it's our joy to come alongside them, to lift them, to lighten their burden so they can chase after you without distraction. Let us not be a distraction. God, we are looking forward, I am looking forward to um, a new day, revival, renewal. Thank you again for this time and this place and the freedom. Oh, God, the freedom. We stand here on the backs of military families who have given us this option. We honor them. So thank you, God, and may it be so for your sake and for your glory. We pray all this, Jesus, in your matchless name. Amen. And from this place, stay right where you are. I came down because I'm part of the we. <laughs> I have to bring my holy habits into play. Jesus met with his closest disciples. And he did communion with them, the Last Supper. And in that time, he was telling them, I am going to do this for you because I love you. And so as we now go to the tables and as we take communion together, what I want you to um, remember is that we're just taking what we're just committed to forward. We're committing that we are going to honor the body and honor the blood that Jesus shed for you, that you and I are going to do this right every Sunday, that we would never come and take a bit of this and a bit of that, down she goes, and off we went, that we would stop and realize this is holy, 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 holy. So go, gather up with family, and honor your king.